Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy, the world-famous, uh, record-breaking, premiere Gray's Academy pod, Gray's Anatomy podcast. Uh, my name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful full moon evening for a podcast. And uh, yes. yeah, it's a full moon kind of day, guys. It's true. It's also a... Now you can, it probably sounded like a fart on your end, but that's opening a soda. I opened up a, a Jones orange oh, wow. cream I soda. Had you ever one have those in ages? Right? Oh my gosh. So, okay, so you know Jones soda. Yes, I do. So sorry. Okay. I remember when I was in high school. Did you they just have had a, a stroke there for a second? Like just yeah, a completely. Bit. <laughs> um, uh, they had a contest that was like, submit your picture and we'll like put it on a soda. And I definitely submitted a picture and I truly could not tell you what it was of right now, but I know I submitted one. It was a, it was a, a typical MySpace emo mirror selfie. And they no, didn't it wasn't use a it. picture of me. It was like a picture. It was like a picture of like an inanimate object, maybe like a guitar or uh, something. Cause that like fit the vibe. Nice. That makes sense. I love, so I, uh, Target by our house has them, but they have them after the registers. So it's not in the impulse zone section. It's like, I have to actively go to the checkout lane, leave my cart there, then go get the soda and walk back to the checkout lane like a serial killer to that go grab them. That does seem strange. Yeah. And it's next to uh, a slushy machine and a popcorn machine that I've never once seen popcorn in. Uh, <laughs> but... They always have these little fun, it's like a, the Snapple caps of soda, and this one says, a pleasant surprise is in store for you. Well, so hopefully, it's, it's this podcast. Oh, I was hoping more along the lines of a job or... Oh, well, that uh, wouldn't be surprising. That would just be nice. No, that's true. But it would be pleasant. If I'm a pleasant, pleasant then it is surprising. <laughs> that's fair. All oh, right. Anyways. Grey's Anatomy. Well, Carmen, let's discuss. This was a good episode. This is a big episode. Uh, this is emotional. We watched the same episode. Um, well, let's talk about it. Did you watch episode 20 of the third season? The 56th <laughs> yes. episode overall? Yes. <laughs> Called, With how many million viewers, just to make sure? 21.12 <laughs> million. Oh, we watched the same one, yeah. Called Time After Time. Time After Time. Yes, yes, time. we did. After time. Tell me about the song, Carmen. Uh, let me do that. Let me tell you all about the song. My so, best friend, Cindy uh, Lauper. Time After Time, uh, Kelsey's best friend, Cindy Lauper. Um, not to be confused with Cindy Crawford, uh, after Nine Coronas. Uh, uh, that was the Weird Al Yankovic version, by the way. Um, Time After Time is uh, by Cindy Lauper, co-written by Rob Hyman, released in 1983. Um, it is the second single from the debut album, She's So Unusual. Um, the This particular uh, single was released January 27th, uh, 1984, uh, and became a number one hit. So uh, the song itself... Uh, I'm pulling up the lyrics here, too. Uh, time after time. Why is everything in my life falling apart every time I try to search for it? Time after time. It's it fall. Everything in my life falls apart time after time. Um, 
So the uh, classic, the classic chorus, if you're lost, you can look and you will find me time after time. Uh, if you fall, there you go. So you Beautiful. keep doing, I'm just going to underscore you. <laughs> uh, if you fall, I will catch you. you fall, I'll be waiting time after time. I will be waiting time, time after time. time. Uh, if you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time if after you're time. Lost, you can. <laughs> mm. Mm. So good. Uh, and then the last one is if you fall, I will catch you. I will be waiting time after time. I'm waiting. Shimona. That's not the words. <laughs> Shimon. All right. Uh, charts. Uh, charts. We got charts. Um, so this song, like I said, uh, did reach number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, but it also reached number one in Zimbabwe, wow. uh, Chile, Canada, uh, and it reached top 10 in a slew of other countries. Uh, so many to to uh, to name. But yeah, it was it was interesting that this song got a lot of play in Africa because it hit. Uh, like I said, number one in, in Zimbabwe, it, uh, hit, uh, number 25 in South Africa. And there's a couple other of, uh, African countries that it made, uh, and it broke that top 100. So I don't know what specifically about that song was very much like, I like the, like Africa was really just feeling it, but, uh, you've got a lot of your, your typical offenders here of Australia, Austria, uh, Belgium, Europe, uh, or uh, sorry, France, Germany, Ireland, uh, Italy. So like the ones that like are typically very big into these pop songs are are we're still in on this one. But yeah, uh, not not very often seen as the Zimbabwe and South Africa connection here. So, um, anyways, that's what I got. Uh, I I actually didn't have a chance to listen to this one before uh, watching this, but it was interesting because. I actually equated it to uh, Meredith and Susan's uh, interaction throughout the entire episode. Mm, okay. So um, it's like she was like, I'm going to be your mom. I will be there time after time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to do this for you. And Meredith was just being kind of a dirt douchebag the whole time to her. But yeah, uh, yeah that's what I it. that's what I got for you guys today on uh, uh, Carmen's song selection chart radio. <laughs> Back to you, party people. Thank you. So this episode was written by Stacy McKee, who we have seen before, and directed by Christopher Missiano. It aired April 19th, 2007. Um, and I did want to note before I read the Netflix synopsis, this episode was the episode that Katherine Heigl was nominated for a primetime Emmy for. And she did go on to win that Emmy. Oh, amazing! So Catherine uh, won the primetime Emmy for the third season of Grey's Anatomy, um, and she was nominated for this episode specifically. So good and job, I, Catherine! I feel like watching it. I feel like it was a good episode, acting wise, to nominate her for because it was just like there was a lot of emotion for Izzy. This episode was all over for Izzy in a good way. Like emotion wise, like this was a deep, deep one. It a heavy hitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me read to you the Netflix synopsis. Izzy faces her past and finds comfort in George. Alex has an attachment to Jane Doe, and Meredith and Derek question their status. 
No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> like, not even at all. Also, you're forgetting the part about how uh, Netflix, not you, um, Mark and Weber, Wingman. Uh, new favorite duo. Also, nothing about Christina and Burke, who are like the thumbnail picture on Netflix of this episode. <laughs> Oh, oh, Netflix, you're so silly. Sponsor us. Truly, if only. All right. Before we jump in, can we take a second for uh, a quick how to get away with murder update? Oh, yes, please. You're burning through Um, it. Yo. It's hard not to. Nate, Nate just fucking killed Miller. Oh, yeah. yeah that's just like, fucked. N- Dude, that's, not a, just, that's a rough one. That's so, okay. First off, kudos to Jess because she she was like Nate's dad is about to be killed, and I was like, oh fuck, I think you're right. Um, and then he died, and then like the next couple of episodes go by, and Nate physically lifts Miller off the ground with a fucking punch to the fucking Nate is mouth. A badass. Nate Sometimes is too much, it, but like I most of the time really like his character. Yeah, that he is a just a, a brick house. But yeah, I, I feel bad because he he did he killed a man the same way that his dad did and repeated yeah. the cycle. Yeah. Um, which obviously is, I'm sure, a Shondaland metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um also, Nate's dad, Nate, uh plays a guy by the name of George in an episode of Scrubs. Uh and um uh, he dies of cancer and interrupts JD and Turk's steak night. And they walk them, they walk him through what death means. Um, how much do you also, love there the was Supreme court storyline though. So oh, good. incredible. So good. I was really hoping they were going to pull a parks and rec and like actually have the real Supreme court there. <laughs> uh, and like the real politicians and stuff. Speaking but- of which madam secretary update, I just watched an episode where she's like, I need the advice of previous secretaries of state literally in her office. Madeline Albright, Colin Powell, and Hillary Clinton. Like wow. in this woman's office. Like, like real. Yes, like, like real. Them actually. Fuck. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Also it was pretty dope. It, so I need I need to watch that show. Yeah, also, I, I need like to it. I'm I'm gonna watch Scandal too. Um yes. Yes. because Olivia Pope was Gus's wife in Psych, which means oh. that Psych is now Shonda Land Canon. It's really that's not what it means, but um oh, that's how I interpret it. That way. <laughs> Well, I also had to quickly look to see if Psych came before or after Grey's Anatomy, and it was one year. Psych came one year after Grey's Anatomy. I was about to say, I feel like it was congruent, really. They were very close. They were very close. But yeah. So um, Grey's almost was usurped by Psych, but Psych, in fact, lost this one. Thinking it would be very difficult to do a How to Get Away with Murder podcast the way we do this one, because think about all the fucking cliffhangers in that show. That you would have to wait yeah. a week or longer <laughs> to fucking watch the next one. <laughs> I would I would do it for the show and I would be able to make it happen, but it, I would be pissed would, about it. It would be hard. As someone because who Jessica watched it wouldn't live, be able to do it. I watched Jessica it live, wouldn't be able to do it. She would it, yeah. Oh, you, oh, so you watched that one live it too. It fucking sucked every week being like, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Now I have to wait for this. <laughs> the the thing that I like about that show. You know what? No, I'm going to leave that for Patreon. We're going to yes. we're going to go ahead and move on. That's it. The thing That's that we like about it but is yeah. that we can talk about it on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. So um yes, let's get into this episode. Now that it's 2 a.m. Um okay. Somewhere. 
Izzy and George, this is the recap. Sorry. Izzy and George have the sex, but they say they're going to keep it a secret and not tell anybody. Remember so, when George cheated on Callie? Oh, fuck's sake. Remember when <laughs> infidelity happens? How, how, Carmen, how does George get all of the, like, let's step back. Let's look at who George has slept with. George has slept with Meredith, Izzy, and Callie. And Olivia. And Olivia. George is racking up. Like, if I showed you all of those women, and then I showed you, like, George and Alex, and I was like, which of these two men has slept with all of these women? Would you pick George? No. <laughs> also, are we actually going to count Meredith and them They boning? fucked. They fucked. That's true. They did. I guess, yeah, you can fuck without climaxing. It's sad, but that's the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's just so the only thing that's going to get Alex pulling ahead now, because, well, here's the thing, too. OK, so hold on. Alex has also had sex with Olivia. Alex has also had sex with Izzy. The only one out of all of those that Alex hasn't had sex with is Meredith. And Callie. And Callie. That's fair. Now, Mark, on the other hand, has had sex with Callie. Mm-hmm. And Addison. Yes. Yes. Man, so Mark and George are wiener cousins. And this Alex and George are wiener cousins. This hospital is just incest. It's... <laughs> oh, gosh. And Christina and Burke have only had sex with each other. On the show. Because she's had sex with Colin Marlowe. <laughs> Right, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. And Derek has had and sex Derek. with Addison and Meredith. Yeah. So so Derek, George, and Mark are all wiener cousins, if that's with what you're Addison. calling it. But it's actually called Eskimo cousins, right? But why? No one can explain it to me. I don't know that I, I want I call them explain. wiener cousins. I, I know I prefer. Do. I think wiener cousins is the less racist thing. I don't understand. Like, every time I've asked a man to explain to me why it's Eskimo cousins, they cannot tell me. So I don't know. Exactly. I don't know either, but I don't use and that. I term. Don't it's, not like, it. it's not like you're That's asking me a word. I want to Google. You know what I mean? There are certain things where I like, right. ask a question and someone's like, Google it. And I'm like, you Google it. I don't want that shit on yeah. my search history. That's, that's when you say my phone is dead. Can I borrow your phone to Google this stupid shit? Cause I don't want the FBI having this on my search history. Oh gosh. So, okay. Yeah. Mark, Derek, our wiener cousins with Addison, Mm-hmm. Mark, George, our wiener cousins with Callie. Mm-hmm. Alex, George, our wiener cousins with Meredith. No, Olivia. Alex and George. Yes, you're right. Olivia, Olivia, and then Olivia. Derek yeah. and George are Meredith. Gosh, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> the show is so incestuous. I just am waiting for someone to become wiener cousins with Weber. Like somewhat. Like if Weber fucks Olivia, I'm gonna lose it. Oh, gosh. Anyways. All right. Let's talk about this actual episode here. Let's let's hit the recap. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So George and uh, Izzy had sex and they decide not to tell anybody. Um, Susan is there. Um, what else was there? Uh, oh, Ava and Alex talk a lot. Um, and then Bert, Christina and Marlo. So, 
That's it. The only thing I had on that was uh, I, I well, I don't know if you heard uh, or if you said it, but I included Susan in on that. I was like, Susan yes. has a. Has I a said part Susan was there. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't forget. In my you. defense, <laughs> in my defense, I was also looking at a text when you were talking about the recap. So that's on me. That's on me, everyone. Is it a text from your wife? Because I was also looking at one of those. No, no, but we should both text her at the same time and see who responds, who she responds to. She's first. typing to me right now, so she's gonna respond Gosh, to me. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, okay. All right. Oh look, Real she episode. just texted me. <laughs> okay. Um, so it uh, starts with Christina and Burke operating and Marlo like leering over in the gallery while Meredith is like lying or talking about patients lying and like rewriting their history. Um, Susan is at Meredith's house delivering like groceries and Derek is telling her like, oh, you know, eventually Meredith's going to be a bitch. Just like a heads up. Like she's bad at like being near people. She's already being a bitch. She has been nothing but an asshole to Susan, except for that one night at dinner. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> and and granted, I know that the end of this episode, we get a little bit more clarity and like context around how Susan's feeling. But Meredith, just stop being a, a mean girl. Stop being uh, Rachel McAdams and mean girls. <laughs> don't be don't be a Regina George. Yeah. Be fetch instead. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Derek or Meredith comes in. I will say she's being kind of nice and she's just kind of kind of weird and like she's just confused and like overwhelmed that someone would be nice to her. Which does make me sad for her. <laughs> that she's yeah. like cuz like it's hard because of the way that their relationship is presented to us in the show, but if you step back Susan is her stepmom and it's not weird for people to like have good relationships with their stepmoms. Like obviously yeah. this specific situation isn't like the typical one, but when it comes down to it, they, it's not absurd for them that they would have a relationship. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's true. kind of presented to the, like as the audience member, you forget like, Oh, this is actually like, this is like a pretty normal relationship. Um, this one is just fucked up because of the the history behind it. <laughs> well, it's also fucked up uh, because there's not years and years of getting to know the person, you right. know, like I think for, for, so for me, I went through a lot of this drama because I have a very solid relationship with one step parent and the other step parent uh, in the scenario is like, well, how come you don't think of me the same way that you think of them? Yeah. Well, because I have 10 plus years of history knowing this person and I've known you for five minutes. Yeah. Right. So I, but the thing is, is Meredith isn't making, I think as much of an effort as she could, but she also doesn't owe Susan or her dad anything in my opinion right. on this whole matter. Right. She owes them nothing, but the fact that Susan's trying, she doesn't deserve Meredith being rude. Yeah, I agree. And like, because it doesn't even seem like Meredith is trying to necessarily set boundaries. It just seems like she's just being like, leave me alone. Which is not a boundary. Yeah, it can be. But there's like you, it's like clarify what you need from this or don't need. Because like, yeah, Susan's, I mean, Ultimately, it maybe at the end does kind of seem like maybe Susan is doing it out of guilt because she feels bad. But I don't really I don't really think that's her motivation. Like, I just actually think Susan is a good person. 
Yeah. I think that it can, it maybe started as guilt, mm-hmm. but it didn't end as guilt. She's, yeah. she, it, it could have started and she could have gotten denied the first time. And if it was just guilt, she probably could have just quit. Yeah. But because she cares and she's a good person, it's sustained, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like, oh, I'm doing this because it's an obligation. It seems like she's just like a nice person is like, this is what exactly. people should do. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. <clears throat> Derek is, uh, says he's going to the hospital to talk to Richard and Susan's like, you don't need luck. You deserve to be chief. Just make him listen. Like, so there's like big mom energy. Um, Richard and Mark are in the elevator and Richard, good God. I love this scene. I hate this scene so much. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It's Derek's- uncomfortable, but it's hilarious. <laughs> It's so upsetting. I hate it so much. I This is like I why don't I under- don't talk to strangers. It's because like you never know if you're talking to an, like someone who has the ability to fucking have a conversation with you or you're going to talk to someone who's just going to like unload way too much information on you and then you're like, I- I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's so the scene, the thing I like about the scene is like this girl, she's not actually probably flirting she's probably just being polite and weber is like i just i learned from george i'm not gonna even remember how to talk this to people right now george energy this is big george energy bge and then mark's just sitting there laughing his ass off in the corner which is hilarious to me i actually i didn't hate mark in this episode i, I actually was was a fan of mark in this yeah. episode i agree whether or not his his motives are pure i don't care because he's just like funny in this episode yeah um okay so i do i did like at the end when he's talking to richard and richard's like i wasn't flirting and mark goes you're telling me <laughs> i got a i got a, a a very hitch vibe from that yeah i was like is mark are you gonna hitch weber he wants to wing or what was that up. other one with what was the other one with uh, Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? Crazy and... Stupid Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. watched that. It's good. It's good, though. It's good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't finish it. Who's... It's uh, Mary, Marianne Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. Ju- Julianne. <laughs> Julianne Moore. Um, <clears throat> She's in that movie, too. Uh, okay, so Marlo is talking to Christina, and she tells him that her and Burke set a date for next month, which is wildly fast. Okay. Also, oh, yeah. it has not been, this show has not been a full year yet. I just want to no. point that out to you. This show has not, I know we're in the third season. It has not been a full year of these people's lives yet. Really? So they're, they're still in their first year of, yes. In res, res insert. No, because you do an internship and then you move to being a resident and then attending or fellow then right. attending. But they're not even in their first year of residency. No, they're interns. So I will say, and I didn't realize that, and, it, and it's one of those things where I just don't, I wasn't paying attention to. I didn't realize that I wasn't paying attention to until right now. But every time a season ended in Scrubs, it was there. It's a new year. They're no longer interns. Or, oh, this is our first I year of residency. Like typical for like a lot of shows is like, if you look at, like okay say friends right in almost every season of friends there's like thanksgiving and christmas episodes so you're like this is a year the season is a year right right um and so you have a lot of those like holiday milestones that make make that out 
And the only reason I know for a fact that it's not been a full year yet is because there is like a plot point at the end of this season that, that, that makes it a year that they like, is it a Christmas thing? No, but like, it's just like a plot point that like, okay, now we've been doing this for a year, but then a lot of the seasons past this do kind of fall more into that structure of like, this is a year and this is a year. But like I said before, there is an episode way in the future where it is literally a two part episode that is a full year. What? Yeah. I've mentioned that before. I think I don't remember that. The maybe like 12th or 14th season. It's like wild, but like, okay, so we've done three seasons as a year. And then, so like the timeline is like fucking wackadoo. That actually frustrates me a lot because these people don't, you don't know someone enough in just one year. Like George and Izzy being best friends, quote unquote, Meredith and Christina being best friends, which that at least there's more groundwork that I've believed that to be. But like the Meredith Derek Addison love triangle Mm -hmm. all taking place over the course of less than a year Mm -hmm. is just bonkers to me. And like now Burke and Christina are going to get married. In a month. Yeah. Now here's the, I don't really have an issue with like the friendship aspects because I have definitely had friends where that bond is literally like so instantaneous like shout out kelly um we like hung out once outside of work and like i spent the night at her house and then we were like basically inseparable for like years until she moved shout out away and then like we still like talked all the time and like when we would meet each other's friends or like family they would say that we seemed like we had known each other for like our whole lives but we had known each other for like a year. <laughs> yeah. So with I, I respect that. Sometimes there really is that like bond that like is instantaneous. And also like, I think with relationships, um, like romantic relationships, it's obviously varies person to person because I don't necessarily think that time is an indicator of success because like two of my best friends, they got engaged after a month and married after a year and they've been married like 11 years now. And then like, I know people who were like date, like I dated someone for a very long time and then we broke up. It don't worry. It wasn't Michael. <laughs> um, right. So there's like not an indicator like, Oh, just because you've been with someone for like a long time, like, Oh, you'll for sure stay together. So I'm not saying that, but like all of this stuff that's happened over the course of these three seasons is like wild to be like, really? It's been under a year. <laughs> That's bonkers. Yeah. Well, to to your point, to be fair, I understand the friendship thing. Yeah. Because I I also agree. Like, look at all of I I would consider, you know, all of you guys and, and you specifically as well, some of my best friends in the entire world, and I've known you significantly longer uh less time yeah. than, you know, Steve, right? Who I've known since kindergarten. Right. Who is my best friend. But I think my issue and the the part that I have a, a hard time with in this show is the lack of on-screen foundation that they plant yeah. for a lot of these things. Yeah, for sure. Because George and Izzy, I understand they're best friends, but I don't see how they're best friends. Yeah, we don't really get that right away from the first season where obviously because Meredith is like the core, like it's Grey's Anatomy and she's Meredith Grey. Right. Um, Not Stevens and Avenue. Right. So like we do see that, that, um, build with her and Christina more. 
And they try and show the build with her and Derek. And I still just don't buy it. And I know a lot of people really like love them together. And like, they're like, oh, such chemistry, such a blah, blah, But I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't feel like attached to their storyline. I don't feel attached to their relationship. Like to me, it was more compelling to watch Addison and Derek. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know what happens after this. So we'll figure it out and we'll see if they continue to get better at their on-screen work. But we'll see. Maybe it'll just be, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about a couple of things. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So Marlo's talking to Christina. They've set the date. Um, and he's like, you're not the marrying kind. And she's like, can you fucking leave? And he invites her to do the piggyback surgery, which is a big deal and like super rare and all this stuff. Um, podcast uh, yawn. Yep. So then Christina's talking to Meredith and she's making all of her chess references. And she's like, he's upping her game. I have to take his queen or what the fuck ever. And, and then Meredith, she's like, you never played chess. And Meredith goes, I'm not a geek. I'm like, eh, you're weird though. Yeah. She's weird enough to be a chess geek. Also it's, it's worth pointing out that anyone who talks about chess in general now, all I think of is Coach Beard from Ted Lasso. <laughs> is like, he is now the prototypical chess player, chess nerd in my head now. That's it. He's the face of chess in my mind. It's always going to be Ron Weasley for me. That's that's fun. Oh, yeah, because of Harry Potter. Yes, that thing he's from. Yeah, <laughs> like that one time when they were in the dungeon and he had to lead no, them and hey, play. It has to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Weasley. Ron, Ron, Ron Weasley. Okay, this is a good one, guys. We are we are on point today. Thirty, 30 minutes. minutes we episode. haven't even gotten the title card. Um. So Meredith, let's is plow like through this. Let's let's, let's catch about, up some time. Meredith's complaining about Susan. Alex is like, shut the fuck up. This is normal family. You just have a shit family. George shows up, talks to Callie. Izzy comes in from confessional, dressing all fancy. George and Callie are like, let's go get a coffee date. George is ignoring Izzy. Callie's glaring at Izzy. It's good times. Pause. Uh, yes. Okay, number one, Izzy looked hot, except look her hair. Pretty. Use the down do. Always the down do. Uh, number two, when Meredith is like, doesn't know what to call Susan, She's like, get your own estranged father's wife. Fake mommy. Get your own fake mommy. Yeah. Uh, And it was at this moment that I started to get feelings that Callie's going to figure the shit out between George and Izzy. I was Mm. getting a lot of vibes in this episode, in this, in this scene. Continue. Um, Okay. So Sloan and the interns are checking on Ava's facial reconstruction. So they remove the mesh. Her face is swollen, but this is like what the actress looks like. Like you recognize her now, right? Mm, Still no. How you watched all of the Twilight movies more than once. Like, how yeah. do you not recognize her? It's I just don't recognize her. If you wouldn't have pointed her out to me, I would never have gotten there. It's because her teeth are still so messed up. They are very smooshed. And I she I needs don't love it. she needs a dentist. <laughs> don't worry. They'll take care of it. But like, it is distracting. <laughs> um. OK, so they're taking a picture of her. They're going to put it out in the news to basically be like, hey, do you recognize this lady? Because she doesn't know who she is. Come get her. At this point, did you think someone was going to show up? Yeah, I knew someone was going to show up, but I knew right away that it wasn't going to be her actual parents. Yeah. They they weren't ready for this storyline to end. Yeah. 
So, okay, Izzy tells George to go to confessional and stop avoiding her. And he's like, leave me alone. I cannot do this. You must back off. Uh, and then the couple comes up to Izzy and she's like, they're like, oh, our daughter has bone cancer. Also, she is the girl you gave birth to 11 years ago. So if you could just, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, fu- I mean, listen, I like the plot twist and I was like, whoa, what? But then to just turn around and be like, um, but also we could use some bone marrow. Uh, also because I've heard that bone marrow transplants are one of like, the most excruciatingly painful procedures in all of the medical field. Yeah. I knew a guy in high school who his younger sister had leukemia and he donated bone marrow and it was like, I mean, yeah, he said it was horrendous, but this is why I'm confused and we'll get to the actual procedure later, but I'm just going to talk about this now. I have gotten an epidural twice now and I love them. I just could not recommend them more for just like your average Tuesday. Like I love a good epidural. Um, so I was confused as to, I mean, you still feel like pressure, but I'm confused as to how it's painful. Obviously I don't like know the ins and outs and I'm not saying it's not painful because I've also heard that it's painful, but like he gives her an epidural, but maybe it's because it's your bones and epidurals can only do so much with your nerves. I don't know. I, I would imagine that I the epidural, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, you know, leukemia, don't, Lord, don't give me that one. Um, the, the thing that was weird about it, or the, that I was looking at it, is it looked like maybe the epidural was for reaching the bone marrow. And it yeah. wasn't necessarily that the epidural was for the physical procedure as much as it was the lead up to the procedure. Because the there's no nerve endings in, in yeah, exactly. There's no nerve endings in, well, there's nerve endings, but there's no nerves that you would have to like that pain piece mm-hmm. um, in the in the bone. It's getting to the bone and then having to drill through that. I, I don't know. It, no matter how many painkillers you have, you're, you're going to feel that. Yeah. Ouch. And um, she did it at work. She's like, I'm just going to do this while I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. Casual. Get paid to do that. Um, okay. So anyway, so then we get the title card at 714. This is back to your like dramatic like title card mic drop moment that we have seen before. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry. I just cursed. Okay. Um, you're allowed to curse. I know, but I don't normally say that one. I don't feel like, (laughs) well, fuck. Uh, okay. So then we have a very emotional scene between Izzy and the birth parents. Very good scene. Very good acting on Catherine Heigl's part. As much as I say, I don't love Catherine Heigl as a person. She's a very talented actress. Yes. Um, I am. I think this was a well-deserved nomination. She was nominated. Um, Sandra O oh was nominated and, uh, Chandra Wilson were all nominated for best supporting actresses for this season specifically. So, wow! So they flooded. They flooded the mm-hmm. awards. For and this so one, huh? Izzy won. I remember I watched. I watched that that Emmys live, and I remember when she won. She was like shit. Like she definitely cursed when she won. Like they showed her in the audience, but like out of like a happy like I can't believe this is happening. Um, I just remember like watching it, and they were all sitting together, and she won, and then she went up there. Good for her. I need. To, I need to Google that later. I'll. I'll Google. No. Uh, no? I okay. will find it and send it to you because I don't want you to see other things. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's I'm like point. debating at what point I need to tell you like the behind the scenes drama of Catherine Heigl 
because you know that she's not on the show, obviously. Yeah. Anymore. She's the only one that I know for sure is not on the show. Yes. I know. Oh, so also, quick spoiler update, everyone. Um, This happened like two or three episodes ago, but we didn't talk about this. So I, I saw a picture on Facebook that once I realized it was a Grey's Anatomy spoiler, I kept scrolling. But it was like only to remain from the original cast or something like that. Now, mm-hmm. with, and this was around when Ellen uh, uh, Pompeo was was stepping down from the show, which obviously was a shock. Um, but I assumed that in this particular season that are still running, she's the only character from the original ones left. So now I know that there's two that are left, but I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So no spoilers. Don't do it, obviously. But um, yeah, just wanted to Keep you guys keep you guys updated on what's going on with Spoiler World. Yes. I feel like I'm just gonna tell you now. Okay. Not like who's still on the show. The Catherine Heigl thing. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm just gonna Don't tell do you that. what happens in the 19th season. Okay. So basically this happened. She won the Emmy. Season four comes around, they nominate her. She she gets an Emmy nomination. Like she gets like they announce the nominees and she is nominated. She goes to the Emmy board and she's like, I shouldn't be nominated for this award. The writing that I am getting for my storyline this season isn't good enough for me to get an award. I do know that. Okay. I, but I didn't, I knew that part of the story, but I didn't know it was for season four. So to me, that's a shitty thing to say because you're not oh, saying 100%. like, I don't think I'm doing a good job. You're saying like, I'm the writers aren't doing a good job for me. So that's why I was also confused. And I'll listen to it <clears throat> before we get further into this. Like as we go on, when Ellen Pompeo on her podcast was saying that like Catherine Heigl got like treated like shit. And if she did this now, she would be like, an icon and all this stuff because when it happened, it just came out that like, she was basically like shit talking Shonda and the writer's room, like very publicly. So that's why I was confused when they were like saying like, Oh, she like worked really long hours and all this stuff because I'm sure they did work really long hours, but that's like very common with shows. Like they work really, really hard to, to turn these shows around. They normally film like a full episode in like a week or week and a half. And so, like, I know that the cast and crew work really crazy hours and work really hard to make these shows. Um, And I'm not saying that's not true, but, like, that wasn't publicly how it was, like, how the drama went down. So, again, I'll, like, look more into that and, like, listen to Ellen Pompeo's podcast, like, before we get there. Like, that was just confusing to me because I specifically remember all of that coming out. And it's not like that was twisted. Like, she, like, there were, like, direct quotes of her saying saying that. So like, it was just like very confusing to me. <laughs> All I know is that I don't know anything about Katherine Heigl individually other than her perception in Hollywood, which is that of kind of a, a tough person to work for mm-hmm. and her physical appearance, which I am a fan of. So, um, between those two things, obviously I'm going to give anyone the benefit of the doubt because I know nothing about, yeah. you know, what's going on with this show, especially cause I'm learning it in the moment. But uh, if you have any thoughts or if you were remembering things when this <laughs> all came out there. live, if you were there, uh, if you're one of the writers or if you're uh, Shonda herself, let us know um, and email us at uh, Gray's Academy pod at gmail.com. Yes. 
And also to, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, wh- while you're thinking of that, oh, also make she sure to give adopted us adopted uh, children or at least one child she adopted. Catherine. Yes. Good for you, Catherine. Yeah. Um, also at the 40 minute mark is when we tell people specifically to give us uh, a subscribe, hit that subscribe button, like, uh, download all of our episodes. Uh, make sure you leave us a five star review. If you're on Spotify or Apple music or wherever else you listen to, if you're on Apple music, make or Apple podcasts, make sure to, uh, give us a quick, a little type up, tell us why you love us or why you hate us, but still give us a five star <laughs> review, which is really great. These people uh, are and so good sh- at making me hate them. <laughs> Five yeah. stars. And then and then uh the then make sure to share this on your Instagram and Facebook stories and tell all your friends. Pretty so. please. We love the you. The end. Thank you so much. We love you. And oh, sign up so, for our Patreon. It was so cool seeing people see us seeing us on people's Spotify wrapped. That was so cool. Yeah. That Holy cow. That was awesome. Um, okay. So okay, so we have the very emotional scene between Izzy and her birth parents. Or sorry, and her daughters. Sorry adoptive parents she's the birth parent i'm so sorry yes um they ask her about donating and she's like um typically a parent's not a great match like it's only a half match and they're like can you just get tested and see we don't know like it she just keeps getting sicker like please our daughter's gonna die very very good scene very sad scene she says so please isabel you're our only hope and then she she, puts a a disc into a round droid in this in the corner (laughs) um Izzy says she wants to meet Hannah and the parents like, that's totally fine with us. We do want to make sure it's okay with her. Good parenting. I agree. Um, so Marlo Burke and Christina go to meet their patient. Christina is acting super weird all over Burke. <laughs> very, so weird. Very bizarre. Not um, professional at all. No, very unprofessional. Um, but basically it's not. So normally when you see this kind of things in shows, it's like to make the other person jealous, but she's doing it as more of like a, I'm in this for real and you need to back the fuck off about it. Um, she's just trying to get him to leave basically. Um, and then Burke, uh, Burke asked Christina what she was doing and he goes, you're going to have to put up with me being nice and sweet for a little while. And he goes, Oh, that'll be a nice change of pace. Such a good interaction. And she's like, shut up. I love that. Such a good interaction. They're yeah, cute. They're, they're cute. They're still going to break up, but, but they're cute. <laughs> when, when are they going to break up? Before the end of season three or whenever it happens in, in this timeline, uh, where <laughs> or she, whenever she, it happens, she's, <laughs> She's going to leave him at the altar. Okay. Is she, or is she, what's the reason? Uh, the reason is she's going to be back with Colin Marlowe. <laughs> mm, interesting. No, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I need to see what's going on because maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. There's a chance that I could be wrong. I'm very wrong on few things, uh, <laughs> but I could be wrong on, on them breaking up. Remember when you said that George and Izzy weren't going to sleep together? I never said that. There's no proof except for that one proof. <laughs> except for the recording. Um, okay. So Addison tells Alex he's doing a good job with the um, Ava case. And he's like trying not to take a compliment. And then the nurse comes up and tells them uh, people are here. They think it's her parents. So let's go talk to them. So yay. Uh, Derek is talking to Richard about being the chief. And he's like, well, my interview didn't go that good. So I need you to tell the board that you're, you're backing me. And he's like, "Mm, no. (laughs) 
it is it is weird to think uh because Weber basically told two people, "Hey, come here and I'll make you I'll make you chief." Or well, he said that to one person and then he said it to Preston, which I don't know. It's I just don't know how that wasn't enough of a wake up call for Derek. He seems yeah. to be living in the past on this quite a bit. Yeah. But he does bring up a good point. He's like, yeah, it's only one vote. And Derek's yeah. like, yeah, but like, it's, it's a, a big s- fucking it's vote. It's a strong dude. vote. Yeah. Like your vote matter. Like, let's not pretend it doesn't matter more than other people's because it does. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to go on podcast. Yawn. It's only 4 a.m. guys. Um, okay, so uh, Izzy comes, like, cuts through the clinic, and she's like, I don't feel good, and she goes in the bathroom. And so Bailey follows her in, and hears Izzy, like, sobbing. She's like, can you come out so I can fucking talk to you? And so she comes out, and she tells Bailey what's going on. Um, And she asks her not to say anything, and she's like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? And it's, again, great scene. Like, Catherine Heigl does such a good job. And so does you can kind of see Bailey's shift from when she figures out that it's not like bullshit drama, but it's like real, like something like very, very real. It's true real life shit. It's not. This is a great Bailey episode as well. Like the way that she's like there for her, but like doesn't cross a boundary at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's very I love it. It's like a great mentor mentee bonding, but like still appropriate. Well, it also, it's, it, it gives more depth to the, the character that they're trying to build for her of the Nazi mom yeah. hybrid, you know? And yeah, she uh, is a mom, but she's also a doctor and she also like knows people has lives and she's had a life, you know, before she was a doctor too. And obviously it doesn't have the same story, but I feel like everyone can relate to having things in their past that they don't necessarily like want everyone to know about. Yes. Also, quick pause for anyone with that reference. Obviously, uh, if you're just tuning in and you don't know anything about the show, they reference her as uh, the Nazi. And I do just want to take a very, very quick, gentle second that we do not condone that. And if the show started right now, this day and age, they would never have made that nickname for her. And especially with all of the anti-Semitic uh, stuff going on right now in this world, we do not condone that. So Nazis just are want bad. to throw that out there. Nazis we, are bad. We think that. They are evil, and you should use the term evil when you're talking about them because yes. it's bad. Just want to make sure that yeah. that didn't like go without <laughs> yes. being said. Yes. Good clarification. Um, uh, so Alex and Addison are meeting with the maybe parents of Ava, and they say, oh, she was married, but her husband left because he didn't want a baby, and like we haven't heard from her, and like now we saw the picture, and this is a picture of our daughter, and like they look kind of similar. And like she has B positive blood and she doesn't have any tonsils. So they're like trying all these things to basically like check to see like <laughs> just like do genetic testing, but whatever. Right. Right. Why <laughs> didn't they just do that? I don't know. Maybe it takes a long time. It was 2007. Um, so Susan is at the hospital looking for Meredith and Meredith gets so fucking snippy. And she's like, I am busy. I'm at work. Why are you here? This is too much. Stop being nice to me. I hate you. I am a garbage person. <laughs> Verbatim. I do remember said. all of that. Yeah, that's a direct yeah. quote from the show, everyone. Yeah, and she's like, leave me alone. So that's fun. Um, Alex goes to see if Ava has tonsils. 
And she's like, why are you checking this? Is someone here for me? And she's, he's like, yes, we need to check. And she does not have tonsils, so she gets all excited. So the parents come in, and they're like, you, your name is Shannon Marie, after my mother, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is your life, and tells her all about who she is. It was at this moment that I knew it's <laughs> not going to be, it's not the right parents. It's not, something is, is, is not. It's too they easy. Want it so, they want it so bad that they're just barging into the room. and. Yeah. I hate spoiler alert. I hate that Alex was the bad, the face of being a bad guy in this yeah. in this scenario. I hate that they like don't fucking own up and like do it themselves. Um, so then we have Bailey telling George to take over the clinic till she gets back. Um, and he's like, "What's wrong with Izzy?" And she's like, "Shut the fuck up. I'm dealing with it." Uh, and then she puts <laughs> Meredith in the clinic. Another direct him. quote. <laughs> direct quote. Shut the fuck up, George. Uh, and then. She also asks what's wrong with Izzy and he just ignores her. So whatever. George is annoying. Uh, Marlo, Burke and Christina are explain, <laughs> explaining the surgery to their patient. Marlo is being a huge turd to Burke and like correcting so, him and yeah. like overstepping, like super rude. Didn't you read my paper? Fuck a fuck a fuck. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Christina has her nails painted and he's like, what? is wrong with your hands. And she's like, I'm just testing colors. And then she very obviously wants to flip him off, but she can't because there's censorship rules on television. So <laughs> she doesn't, but that was what yeah. she was. That was the idea behind like, I'm thinking coral, but it was like these fingers still up. Yeah. It's an audio podcast yeah. guys, but like it's by fingers, but they want to trust it us. It's her fingers. <laughs> and trust me, she just flipped me off for real. Yeah. But like, that's your average Tuesday. Um, yep. What what else is that average Tuesday? It's uh, epidurals and flipping people off. <laughs> average Tuesday. Average Tuesday. We love a good epidural with a middle finger. Um, Mark <laughs> grabs Richard and he's like, hey, I want to show you something. This is how you fucking flirt. And then he flirts with that girl. He does a good job. Here's the thing, though. When you're Mark Sloan and you look like that, a lot of your interactions are flirting. Because of what your face looks like. I'm just telling you. Yeah, it's uh, him and I have the same curse. And I see a lot of I see a lot of uh, myself in Mark in this episode. In in what way? Just uh, successfully flirting, being handsome and charming and, uh, you know, really trying to look out for your friends and be their wingman when you need to, you know. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know you were you did that a lot. Yeah, I do it all the time. I'm doing mm -hmm. it right now. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're not going to dive into that one right now. Um, okay, so then uh, Izzy and Bailey are in the pediatric waiting room because she wants to meet Hannah, and they have a nice scene where uh, Bailey tells her, she's like, it's great that she like has these good parents who are willing to like stand up for her and fight for her, but it's also okay for you to want her to want you. Yeah. Um, and then the parents come out and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like she's just not ready yet, which is fair. This child is 11 and she has leukemia that she just got diagnosed with. Like, yeah, we also, we don't know this family's dynamic. Like we don't know how long she's known that she was adopted. Maybe she's known her whole Bingo. life. Maybe it's like, we just don't know the backstory to this. And to ask an 11 year old to process that is like a lot to put on her, especially when she's already like potentially dying. Um, yeah, that was my initial thought too. It's 
excuse me, podcast burp, uh, is how long has Hannah known? Mm-hmm. Because uh, neither of us being adopted, um, but knowing people who are adopted, it's it's what it's how do you handle those conversations and how early do you introduce it? Yeah, and I would imagine that you know right around eleven that that preteen kind of range is when most people who find out for the first time find out. That's my assumption. That's my that's my kind of perception of it because it's also around the same same time that people are like, oh yeah, and by the way, Santa's not real. Um, <laughs> what? Which is a lie because Santa is real because Buddy the Elf physically knows him. We've seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, look at all these movies. They wouldn't put <laughs> they some wouldn't actor make for Santa. a lie. Yeah. Um, all so Christmas movies my, are documentaries. I... Know, I- <laughs> I do know a family who told their child when she was like 11 that she was adopted. Um, They also had a biological child. Um, So that was like a very hard thing for both parents and child to kind of navigate. I also know people who just like always knew, like they didn't remember being told. They just like always knew. And if I was ever going to adopt, I think that would be the route that I would want to go is like, I don't want them to like, remember me sitting them down and like making it this huge deal. I would just like want them to know from the get go, just like always know, like you're adopted. Like we love you. This is our story. This is how we became a family. So again, I'm not in that situation and it's hard, you know, it's easy for anyone to say, Oh, I would do X, Y, or Z in any situation. Um, But I have, thought about adoption a lot and I feel like that's how I would want to proceed if I was ever given the opportunity to to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. adoption is wildly expensive in this country, so it's kind of a It's bummer. insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um okay. So the parents come out, she's not ready. Izzy is disappointed, understandably, like I don't think she's being unreasonable at all. Um so Bailey kind of pulls her aside and she's like, "Hey, it's okay to dis- be disappointed, and it, but if you want her to want you, she has to be alive to do that. So, like, which is such a powerful s- statement in that moment for Bailey. Yeah, and she's just not saying it mean. She's just like kind of trying to ground Izzy back in the situation, being like, "You're upset, but like, there's a bigger issue here. So, like, are you gonna do this?" So that she does. Um. Alex goes to check on Ava and her dad is telling her like all about her past. Like, Oh, you're a teacher. You have all these diaries. We have your room ready for you. So she asks if she can go home with them. And Alex is like, well, we have to monitor the baby really closely still. And you're still on antibiotics and you need to be on bed rest. But like, I'll ask Addison and like, see, see if that's something that you can do from home. Um, Derek finds Meredith and she says she's in a bad mood because she yelled at Susan and he's like, Oh, it's fine. And he asks, she asks about the meeting with the chief and he's like, Oh, it was not good either. And she's like, well, look at us go. We both fucking suck. Um, and then they hug and Richard sees and he's like, Oh no, I can't break up the angel baby couple. Oh yeah. This, this whole <laughs> For the interactions between Derek and Weber throughout the rest of the episode from this scene being the turning point really pisses me off. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll we, tell you We about will it. indeed get there. Um, so then uh, the interns minus Izzy are all eating lunch. And George asks, like, what's wrong with Izzy? And they're like, we don't fucking know, George. Like, ask her yourself. He's like, well, I can't ask her because I don't know where she is. Um, 
And then uh, Meredith asked Christina what's on her hands. And she's like, I'm trying to scare away the cardio god. And Meredith says, with pretty, pretty nails or pretty, that pretty fingers. That is funny. What a, one of those two yeah but also it's it's funny at the beginning of that scene very glossed over alex was like i was waiting <laughs> yeah. up in really old guy's room for 20 minutes yeah love really old guy it's great um does he does he have any talking lines are we gonna get to meet really old guy yes good yes um so uh meredith asks oh sorry uh christina asks alex why he is sad He's like, oh, are you sad because Ava is like no face girl is leaving? And he's like, no, I don't care. She's just a patient. I don't care. Like what happens to her? Who cares? I don't care. I'm not. I'm not. Being all I'm tough not I'm like not attached a dick. to my patients. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he's lying. He loves, he loves being there for Ava. Yeah. Overly slash Shannon slash fake person. Oh, I'm sorry. Another yawn. My toes are so cold. Oh, also. Sorry, this is really gross. So if you don't like gross things, hit the 30 seconds skip <laughs> mark now. I was trying to move a shelf in from the garage the other day and I like stubbed my toe on it because I was doing it by myself when I should not. And it like my second toe, it literally split the entire nail all the way down and it was just like pouring blood. And like, I was like, cool, I don't fucking have any band-aids. I mean, I do, but I don't know where they are. And why but, were you doing, why were you moving stuff, Kelsey? Well, because my... Because uh, I moved into a new house. Yes, I don't think people knew that. I don't think, I don't oh, think yes, we announced I did, that on the I podcast. Um, uh, but my dad was here and he was like hanging out with the kids. Aww. So I was like, cool, I can like, because he lives like four minutes away now, which is so nice. But I was like, oh, he's hanging out with the kids so I can like do a bunch of shit while he's here. And I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been doing a lot of other things, but like moving that was not that important in that moment. But I like wanted to do it. Um, but luckily he had a first aid kit in his car for some reason. So he gave me a bandaid. Because which is great. That, I was just trying to like wrap a paper towel around my toe. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks for your dad. Yeah. I respect that. Tell tell him that I love it, and I'm excited to see him in like 15 days. Yes, he's also excited. He wants. He said he wanted to have you over and um, regain your trust and do like a badass charcuterie board. Oh, because what did I say last time? I was like, oh man, you're really, uh, you're throwing me for a loop here. I don't remember what I said. Because well, the was, first time fucking... we went over, there was a really big charcuterie board. And then the second time there was not. And you were like, where the fuck's the charcuterie board? <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, tell your dad he's great. He is great. Um, okay. Oh man. <laughs> Anyways, so. Yes. Could he be my adopted dad? I could use one. I have a boo-boo toe. Yes, he will be. <laughs> um. Okay, so George goes to Bailey and he's like, I demand what's going to know what's going on with Izzy. And she's like, I know that you did not just say demand to me. So there's one person on the show that you just do not fuck with, George, and that is Bailey. Just also, don't fucking you're George, do it. George, like of all yeah. the people to mess with her, that's who's going to try. No, please. She could end him so quickly. Not even Weber really pushes back on Bailey. And even if he were, he wouldn't be a dick about it. Well, exactly. actually, no, he may have done that before. He may have been a dick before. Maybe it was, no, it was Burke. I'm thinking of Burke. Yeah. But they all felt bad about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so she tells him to mind his business and do his job. She gives Meredith a vial of blood, and she's like, this is important. Take it to the lab. Watch them run the test. Bring it back as soon as they have the results. 
um, Meredith's like, what's wrong with Izzy? Cause it's Izzy's name on it. And, um, she's like, it's a fucking private matter. Don't ask your dumb bitch questions. Direct quote. Direct quote. Yeah. And now we will take a small break for everyone's favorite segment, living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. How many we, we got? Need to, need to add that. One. One. Male or female? Yeah. Huh? Female. Female. Okay. I will be shocked if you guess this. Oh, okay. Um, shocked if I guess this. Shocked if I guess this. Have there been any obscure people on this show today that I can think of? Um, is it is it the mom? No. Is it Hannah? No. I have no, I have no, other, I have no other guesses. First of all, let me just say, when I was looking up the Shondaland people, that mom, not in Shondaland, but she has done like fifty-seven horror movies. Like apparently she's just like got a creepy face or something. I don't know. She's been in like a bajillion horror movies. Um, she's the Kevin Bacon of horror. Seriously. So she, um, so the person in Shondaland is the woman at the bar that like, um, Sloan tries to like ring man. Gosh into. dang. Are you so, like, kidding really, me? Really young girl. Yeah. Uh, the one on her way home from bio class. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, so her name in real life is Nichelle Hines, and she was in two episodes of Scandal. Oh, very nice. Heiress to the Hines fortune. Uh, it's a, yes. I hope that for her. Yeah. Uh, so Scandal. So I we were, did I, I don't know if I said this on air. Did I say this on air? I need to go back and watch Scandal. Yes, you do. Uh, to watch and Olivia. Yes, you do. So Olivia Pope is the main character in that show? Yes. Okay. She's a badass, clearly, cool. as you can tell. Cool. I'm excited to watch that because I, I do like her as a character, mm-hmm. um, especially because I know her from, like I said, Psych. So. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. a great actress. And she um, she was also in a musical on Netflix. She can sing. Into the Woods? No. Did I ever tell you when I saw Into the Woods in theaters? Why would you, did you not know it was a musical? You must have not known. There's I no, didn't know it was you, a musical. Yeah, I was like, you would not have seen. Did you stay? Did you not walk out? That seems like something no, I you didn't. would walk out of. So this was years, uh, years ago when I was still living with um, uh, my my dad and Cindy. And uh, in that very short period of, of my life. And uh, they were like, hey, we're going to go see a movie. What should we go see? And like, also, do you want to come with? And I was like, yeah, I'll go with, uh, what about, uh, into the woods? Like I love Anna Kendrick. Let's go see that. And I remember Cindy being like, what, why? And I was like, Anna Kendrick, I really like her. And she's like, okay. And so we get to the theater and we're, we're sitting there and like five minutes goes by and I lean over to Cindy and I go, is this a musical? And she cackles in the middle of the theater. Yeah. The opening number that is very long. (laughs) <laughs> it is long. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what's happening. I watched the whole thing. It wasn't terrible, but like, yeah, it's I didn't it's fine. I didn't it's just know. not a Carmen movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, it's no Hamilton. You know, I was just about to say it's no Hamilton. We are one I, mind sometimes. What, only when your mind is good. 
Oh, interesting. So 100% <laughs> of the time, because my mind is always good. Mostly never. Perfectly in sync. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to the show. Izzy is in the procedure room getting an epidural. Again, great. Can't recommend it enough. Epidurals for everybody. Every um, Tuesday. Bailey asks, oh, that reminds me, I got my epidural bill. I got to pay that. Uh, Bailey asks if she can. Okay. I got so when they first, when I first gave birth, they, um, they were like, your bill is here. And I opened it and it was very high and they were like insurance paid for none of it. And I was like, I don't know if that's correct. Like I know insurance is garbage in this country, but like it's supposed to pay for some of it. Um, and so I called them or sorry, Michael called them cause, uh, it's, it's under his name because he uh, works and keeps me in my finery. Um, and they were like, Oh yeah, we didn't get a bill for that. Like they didn't bill it. And, um, when I had typed it in, like on the page, they were like, you don't have insurance. And I was like, mm, I do in fact have insurance though. Yeah. Is, 100%. Is um, so we had to like resubmit it online and, um, then they like did pay for a lot of it. So like, it, don't worry, but, uh, they're expensive if insured, like just the epidural alone is like three grand if you don't have insurance. So no, thanks. Uh, that's super fun. Um, anyways, so yes, I, um, enjoyed getting that taken care of it was nice <laughs> then when i did have insurance and it went down like so significantly i still have to pay which is stupid because i have insurance but it's fine Healthcare is garbage but everyone loves it that's so great no notes um okay so <laughs> epidurals guys average tuesday um Bailey's asking Izzy, like, are you sure you don't want me to call someone and hold your hand? And Izzy's like, no. And they have a really nice moment. And Bailey's like, well, you can hold my hand, but they're really rough. Like, I can take a lot of pressure so you can squeeze my hand. Very sweet. I love her. She's an angel. And then fucking George stops Meredith and asks, like, Where, what's going on with Izzy? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, you have to tell me. And Meredith says... Well, if she wanted you to know, she would tell you. And he's like, well, we're having a stupid fight, but like, it's messed up if I'm not there and something's really wrong. I'm like, yeah, it is messed up. So quit being a shitty friend. Like, don't, that's on you. It's literally your fault. I don't understand. Yeah. Also, it's not a stupid fight. Like you guys <laughs> committed adultery on your wife. Yep. Which was like your wife's biggest fear. And then you just did it. And she's gonna find out, George. Yeah, that even so, is your real name. Anyways, so Meredith tells him where Izzy is, so he goes. He runs off. Um, so then Alex goes to talk to this mom, and he's like, "Good news, Addison said that she can go home. Like, we'll coordinate with her local um, OB to make sure everything's okay, and you have all the information. But she, you can take her home." She's like, "No, I can't take her home." And Alex is like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you need me to like tell your husband what to do? And she's like, no, you don't understand. It's not my daughter. So that's a bummer. Um, she says, well, Alex is like, but like, look at your husband talking to her. Like it, it is. And she's like, no, I'm a mother and a mother knows. And if he needs that to be our daughter, because if that's not our daughter, we still don't know where our daughter is, which sucks. Yep. 
And I cannot imagine like knowing your like adult daughter is like super pregnant and just not knowing where she or your unborn grandchild are. Like that's terrifying. Also though, like just think through this rationally from the beginning of the episode, you didn't need to barge in there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of tests that need to be done. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of them. Nope. They were just like, this must be her. No one else has ever yeah. gone missing in the world. Ever. But you don't understand, Kelsey. They both don't have their tonsils. <laughs> and their pee positive. The rarity of yeah. both of those things. And they have the same color hair. I wonder if B positive is the most like common blood type. What's the most common blood type? Hold on. Let's look this up. I don't know, but I am a negative, which means I have to get extra shots in my butt when I'm pregnant, because when you are negative and they don't know if your baby is negative or positive, if your baby is positive, then your blood cells can attack your baby's blood cells. (laughs) So they have to give you a shot to make them not do that. Uh, I think Jessica did that too. Then maybe she has negative blood. No, 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 no. My, my friend Katie did. That's what I'm thinking. Ah. Uh, O positive is the most frequently occurring blood type in 37% of the population. Is that the one that's the universal donor as well? Uh, or O negative. There's one. O negative is the universal donor. Okay. So anyone can receive O negative, but O negative can only receive O negative. Correct. I think. And then O positive, I think can receive anything. I don't know. I could be wrong. I believe O positive is the universal reception and O negative is the universal donation. Yes. I do you know your blood type? No. Oh, well, you should learn it. I should. I should learn that. that do you would know be what's a good way to learn your blood type? Go to the doctor. Donate blood. They'll tell you. Oh. They'll give you a little card that has it on there. All right. So everyone donate blood, save three lives. It's also, I could just go sell my blood and just make some money. You can sell plasma. You can't really sell blood. I never understood why they call it donating plasma when you're selling it. I also did that in college, and it is shady. Like, oh, really? It's like all the poor college kids and then a lot of people who are um, not, doesn't appear, if you're judging solely by appearances, it didn't look like they were in like a great season of life. Oh, sorry. Did you hear that? Yeah. Also, they have to, they like check with like UV lights. They check on your arm to make sure that you haven't like sold plasma at like somewhere else. Like they check for track marks and they put like UV stamps, like all the different plasma places put stamps that will last for like weeks because you are only supposed to do it like once so many weeks. And so they'll like have to check you and like make sure you haven't recently done it. It's wild. That is crazy. I did not know that. I've never donated plasma or sold plasma, but I have donated blood. It's just been a long time. Also, it takes a long time to donate plasma because they literally pull your blood out, pull the plasma out, and then put your blood back in. Really? Why can't you just be like, I don't don't need it back. Like, just do whatever you want. (laughs) Nope. Because I think they can take more of it if they put your blood back. I don't know. I don't know the logistics behind it, but that is what happens. I've done it. (laughs) Good times. Interesting. Sounds like blood doping. Are you an athlete? Are you a major athlete and you're just like blood doping? You know I am. You know that I am winning the Olympics. Constantly. You know who's not winning? The United Men's States USA Men's team. National. <laughs> yep. Ah, look at that. We're in sync here. 
Uh, Ted Lasso would be so disappointed. I know. Um, <laughs> football is death. <laughs> football is life. Okay. Uh, guys, we are doing great. Uh, <laughs> where am I? Okay. So then this lady just fucking bails. She's like, hey, tell my husband to meet me in the lobby. Bye. <laughs> I'll Alex. get the car running for a quick getaway. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we get the scene and this is, I really like this scene. Um, the Richard and Derek really get into it about him being chief. Um, and he's like, you didn't come here to be chief. You came here to start a new life and you started a new life and you have a great person you're sharing that with. And he's like, that doesn't matter what that shouldn't affect your decision to make me chief. He's like, well, it does because I promised Ellis that I would take care of her daughter, which is like, okay, so get into it. Tell me why this pisses you off. It should. It's annoying and wrong. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Weber Weber from day one has done this projection bullshit mm-hmm. on uh, Burke and Derek of you can't have both. You can't uh, have the wife and the family and the job. It's impossible. And then you see Ellis, who did all the things that she did, all of her accolades, and also didn't have both. And he wasn't there when she was lucid for this, but she's like, I just didn't try hard enough. Which leads me to believe that also Weber didn't try hard enough. And I like that Derek pushes back and he's like, don't take your mistake out on me. Like, this is not my fault that you couldn't do both. Uh, so the biggest beef that I have with this interaction from a, a Weber standpoint is he is projecting, he is being unfair. Um, and it's not, it's not right for how he's looking at it. And also Meredith is a grown ass adult woman mm-hmm. and Derek is a grown ass adult man. Yep. If they're going to break up because of the job, you give them that chance. Yeah. That's their business. Also, yeah. like now by doing this, you are interfering in their relationship because now you're making Derek question like, is this relationship worth this huge career move for me? Right. Um, which like sucks. You shouldn't have to choose between the two. You should be able to you should be able to have the opportunity to try both. I think it's not that big a deal. So, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, do you have any additional thoughts that I that I missed on that one from no, from I their agree. I, I think that's a good scene between the two of them. I think they do a good job with like their back and forth and like him basically being like, I do really like the like, don't blame me or don't put your mistakes onto me. We're not all the same, you know, give them a chance. Give me a chance to ruin this woman's life on my own. Yeah. I've already done it once. I would like to do it again. Thank you so yeah. much. Don't steal my joy, Weber. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, George barges into the procedure room with um, Bailey and Izzy, and Bailey's like, leave. And he says, make me. I'm like, you know she will, right? George is getting a bit too bold for my liking getting in a this little episode. Getting too big for those britches, if you know big what I mean. Big for those britches, yep. With his tiny little penis. Just getting too, too using much it, out using there. Using it to just have sex with everybody. So he kind of comforts Izzy and, and tells Bailey that he can take over. And Izzy says it's okay. So she leaves, but thanks her first. Uh, he asks, like, what's going on? Uh, at the same time, Callie is looking for George in the clinic. Meredith's like, okay, here are some patients. And she's like, no, no, I'm looking for George. And she's like, oh, well, he's with Izzy, so... Give me those patients. I'll, I'll, I'll do the work since you're not here to work. <laughs> um, she's obviously mad 
that he is not there and bailed on her for Izzy. Not the first time. Won't uh, be the last. <laughs> Burke, Marlo, and Christina are operating. And again, Marlo is being a huge turd. Um, snaps at Burke, tells him he's doing something wrong, and tells him to just observe the surgery. Like, you're not capable, basically, which we know is bullshit. He's peacocking for Christina, and, like, obviously it's not going to work. Um, Izzy is it, trying to get dressed and struggling, and George helps her get out of bed, helps her get dressed. It's he's, a moment. <laughs> it's very sweet in this moment, but it looks very sexual. Like, well, because oh, it is. If they hadn't had sex, it wouldn't be sexual. Right. But they have had sex. They have crossed that boundary, so now all of this is tainted and like will forever like have that attached to like any physical contact between the two of them is going to have that attached to it now. Yeah. Completely um, agree. Yeah. So this I is really the, thought that Callie was gonna see that though. Yeah. I thought Callie was gonna see that particular scene. This um is the moment that she chooses to tell George about like what's going on and that she had a daughter and gave her up for adoption and now she's here and like she's doing the bone marrow transplant to like see if if she can be a donor for her. Um and He's like, you, you didn't tell me. And she's like, you told me to back off all this stuff. Um, and uh, then he's, then she says, I, I really like this. She was like, I didn't think I cared until she said no, which I feel like everyone has had things like that in life where you're like, I don't care that much. How, like, however this goes. And then it goes maybe a way you didn't expect it. You're like, Oh shit. I'm like really disappointed. I did care a lot about that. Um, so I think that's like just a really relatable moment that everyone has at some point. Um, and then she's like, tells George, she's like, I don't need the sex with you. And again, but like, I need you to be my best friend. Like, if you're not my friend, I can't do this. Um, so he's like, I have to go. Yeah. This was a he weird, <laughs> he came back. Yeah. He comes back, but that was like weird. Why was, was that even an option? They cut it. If he yeah. came back and was like, you know what? I am here for you because uh, we see later on that like he just took her to go see Hannah. Like, so if, if they hadn't cut it, if they had him come back and he was like, I will, I will take you. I should be there. For, I want to be there for you. But they, but what's cut even the point of way. saying, but what's even the point of leaving if you're just going to come back? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he, I think he did like intend to leave. And then he was like, no, I am going to be there for my friend. I don't know. Just a weird, a weird cinematic weird. arc for that scene in general. Yeah. I did think it was like a weird choice to leave and come back and then cut. That's what's weird to me. Like leave, come back and be like, I'm sorry. I will. I am your friend and I'm going to, we're going to get through this. I'll be there for you in this like very vulnerable time in your life. Um, but it was because it was the leaving and coming back because again, it was like last week when you thought he was coming back in the closet to like make out with her but he didn't. Do you remember this like, time he in, does? Yeah, I yeah, remember right. this time. So he it's does. kind of a similar thing where like, he's coming back and you're like, are you coming back to like make out with her? Or are you coming back to be her friend? Or are you coming back to just like tell her your feelings? Like, what are you doing? So also talk yeah. about another sexually charged scene. My gosh, that mm -hmm. closet scene last week was just palpable. Yeah. Um, 
So Christina goes into the OR. Burke is there. Uh, he's obviously like bummed about the surgery. She tries to say that Marlo was a dick, but he's like, no, he did a good job. Like he was a brilliant surgeon. Like he did an amazing job. It was beautiful work, whatever. Um, and she's like, basically asks him a question just to, to give him an opportunity to like, quote unquote, teach her something. Um, and she's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, okay, see you at home. And then Marlo comes around the corner and he's like, I know you knew the answer to that. Like, I can't believe you asked him that. Um, and just to boost that man's ego. And she said, I have learned that sometimes you have to think about other people. And he says, you have compromised yourself. And then he's like, no, I'm... she's a better person now, Marlo. She says, or he says he won't be pursuing the job because a it's beneath him and B he was just doing it to get a woman who quote, no longer exists. How is this beneath him though? Like, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't do, think the hospital is prestigious enough. I don't know. Oh, well that's fair. Maybe, maybe that's true. That's the only thing that makes sense to me because like, yeah, he's a great surgeon, but like, I mean, they talk about this hospital as though it's like pretty, pretty great. So <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing that I could think of. Or maybe he's just being a snobby British man. I don't know. I need to go back and teach in the London office. <laughs> the London. We've been there. Yes, we have. The London office of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The London office of Grey's Academy. Ah, uh, yes. My favorite of our offices across the we globe. We are the, the two most senior professors at the mm. Grey's Academy. Mm, yes. Indubitably. Mm, yes. Mm, tweet elbow patches. Okay. We're both chief of surgery. <laughs> yes, indeed. We share our duties, but we can be married. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Um, okay, so... Yes, uh, George wheels Izzy to the like the little lobby of, I guess, again, the pediatric ward, I'm assuming. Um, she asks him to look in and he sees Hannah getting the procedure done. Like, oh, you did it. You're saving her life, basically. Uh, and he tells her, kind of like walks her through what's happening. And he's like, you can look like she can't see you. And then he says, she's got your eyes in your mouth. That means she talks a lot and eats a lot. Delightful. <laughs> A little bit of a funny scene there. Um, George kind of then convinces her to come to the window so she can look herself. And she's like, that's my daughter. Like, she's beautiful. She's so strong. Like, it's, again, emotional. They're just emotional. Can't imagine it. Um, Bailey is working in the clinic. Derek comes in and she's like, can I fucking help you? Why are you here? You don't. What do you want? <laughs> you only ever talk to me when you want something. You man um and so he he basically is like i came here to be chief and meredith complicates that and she is like if you have to choose between a job and a person choose the person because all of this means nothing if you're alone which is which pretty is good advice a, yeah <laughs> really fucking good advice I like that they've built this dynamic over th over the three seasons of like Derek thinks he knows everything he except sucks. when he's around Bailey. Yeah, he goes to he's her like, explicitly when he's like, yeah, I don't actually know everything. But you know who does? Miranda Bailey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's never for small stuff. It's always these big life <laughs> yeah. shattering, like pivotal moments of his life and career. Yeah. And she's like, 
yeah, let me help you. I know everything. Let me just give you some really good advice of like not picking your career over the person that you like left your wife for. What a concept. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a nice moment. It's a quick moment, but it's nice. <clears throat> George finds Callie and lies about why he's fucking liar right to her face. And right she to knows. Her face. Yeah, she does. Gosh. She doesn't even hide it well, and he makes no, no. like he is so oblivious to everything this woman needs. I was it's most so annoyed at that scene because George acted like he didn't even recognize what was going. I mean, well, obviously he's not acting. He probably is that yeah. stupid, but <laughs> he's <laughs> like, Callie's like, I'm going to give you a chance here to tell me the truth because now I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. You just and lied to me. So. And I know. Oh yeah. Also, he had no reason to lie. Yeah. Like that's what I don't understand. Well, because he won't tell her the truth about Izzy because it, she's like, it's a private matter. And he won't like betray her trust, which I understand. But like, also that's your wife. So like, maybe don't betray her trust by sleeping with someone else. Bingo. Also, you can say there's a personal thing that I needed to help Izzy with. It's about her family. I can't get into it. It's a HIPAA violation. (laughs) It's a HIPPO violation. Exactly. Um, My HIPPO violation is that I have elephantitis and the rhinovirus. Nice. Uh, I'm okay. not a cheetah. So, nice. And nice. also, George, why are you lying? George is a cheetah. Um, okay, so... Also, fun... I don't have elephantitis, people. Just let's not... <laughs> disclaimer, Thank you for I clarifying that. <laughs> let's get Jessica on the phone real quick, just to confirm. Um, Alex goes to tell Ava that her parents aren't her parents, and she gets super upset and yells at him and is like, you just want to keep me here because you don't have anyone to talk to, and I'm just like this poor captive audience that you can come and talk to all the time, and I don't care about your life and get the fuck out. It's a bummer. It's a bit harsh. A bit harsh um, from Jane Doe. She clearly is having... um a big reaction to those people not being her parents, which is understandable. Unfortunately, Alex is there. So that is just the first person to receive her reaction. She um, unfairly puts her disappointment on him in a very cruel way. In, in her defense, Alex is getting too close to this emotionally. Yeah, like I agree. And I don't think that he's done a good job of hiding it, which leads her to this emotional overflow. Um, Do you think there's like any parallels at this point to the Denny situation as far as like getting too close goes? I don't, I don't necessarily think so because Alex hasn't, displayed any true like love love and affection it's more Mm -hmm. from a care like older brother standpoint yeah so from a from a patient care perspective no i don't think he's crossed any lines Mm -hmm. uh i also it would be different if like addison said no and then he said yes to her leaving uh because he's he's been doing everything under her advisement and he's truly i think 
the only protective nature is that he literally saved her life. I don't think it's from a romantic standpoint. Also, that's the big difference. What's interesting with Denny is like the big arguments him and Izzy had were like when he disagreed with Izzy's medical advice and medical opinion. And this is really just her being upset because like she doesn't have anyone and she doesn't know who she yeah. is. So it's not yeah. like a medical thing. It's just like a general thing. Who am I? Exactly. Um, Salone takes Richard to a bar and he says, you think if you can get me laid, I might make you chief, which is hilarious. <laughs> Probably. True. And he doesn't deny it, which yeah, upset me like, a little bit. I'm Mark Sloan. <laughs> um, sorry, my phone is having a fit. Um, okay. So. Burke M says Marlo is leaving and Christina can get back to being Christina. Um, and she kind of like makes a weird face. So I don't know if you like had a read on that. Uh, I think that she's changed. I think that she's a better person now. I think that she didn't hate the affection that she showed to Burke as much as she thought she would. Interesting. Um, but they're still going to break up. Derek is alone at the trailer and ignoring his phone. Meredith is the one calling him. Obviously Susan shows up and Meredith is like, tries to be rude. And Susan is like, no, don't be rude. Let me in your house. Cause it's cold out here. And I am a nice person and you'd let me in. And she comes in and she's like, it is my fault that your dad didn't fight harder for you because we were married and it was new. And I like, that's all I cared about. And I understand now that that was wrong and I should have pushed him more, but like, it's too late and I'm trying to like be there for you and just like, let me do this. And Meredith says, I've only ever known overbearing, not overprotective. And they kind of like realize that they're just both coming to this from like a very weird past, obviously in a very weird yeah. history um, surrounding this relationship and surrounding Ellis and the death of Ellis and what that all means. And their again, like their relationship to each other and to their own pasts and kind of coming to terms with what they could be moving forward. But ultimately it ends well. Susan yeah. is precious. <laughs> I, I actually really like this scene. Um, also do need to call out, uh, Meredith's Motorola razor from the scene yeah, prior. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. The thing that was, that I really liked about that scene specifically was the call out that I, that you had brought up of the overbearing versus overprotective. Um, I just like that. Suzanne was finally like, shut the fuck up. Like you're being rude. So stop being rude because I'm new at this too. You dumb bitch. Uh, so it's, it's overall good. And I, I, I want to actually, I'm rooting for their relationship and I do hope that Meredith is able to have a good relationship with Thatcher moving forward as well. Maybe yeah. even her, uh, half sister or whatever, uh, you call that stepsister, half sister, half sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious what will happen in the future, but overall that was a really good scene and I, and I appreciate that for, for, uh, from Susan's <laughs> acting standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Very good scene. I agree. Uh, and I like, yeah, I like what it establishes. Um, and then uh, Mark is wingman and Richard at the bar and the really young girl comes up and is like, oh, I come here my way home from bio class. Uh, and then Addison shows up and she's like, practice on me. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, ask me to dance. And he's like, well, there's no dance floor. And this is literally the cutest thing. And I love it. And they dance. And it's just like such a cute little 
mentor friend moment of like Addison just trying like even from the very beginning of like him and Adele having issues Addison has been there like trying to be supportive and be helpful and I just love that and I think this is just like a nice little moment between the two of them yeah it was very cute it also my my crush on Addison grew like four sizes Mm -hmm. in that scene alone um but it's 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 also funny because I actually didn't hate Mark in that scene. And he's like, all right, you got it, chief. Like, I'll be over here in the corner. Um, and he I'm going to go over there now. <laughs> yeah. And he gives Weber this like fun, funny sink or swim moment. Uh, obviously, Addison steals the show, but uh, I didn't hate any of the it was just fun. It was cute. Yeah. It's kind lighthearted. of a lighthearted, lighthearted. End to a heavier episode. Yeah, yeah, and we don't get a lot of lighthearted endings in this in this show. So, yeah. I want to really make sure that we call that out because that actually did bring this episode up a little bit for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the end. So, let's um let's rate it. You go first. It's I feel like we're going to be not on the same page on this one. <laughs> uh, I'm giving this a 3.65. Oh, okay. We're not that bad. Yeah. That's a that's a resident point six five. Uh reasons being I didn't think there was any crazy drama in, in the episode. Once once uh the big reveal of Izzy's daughter being there was out of the way, um everything else was pretty much uh predictable from what I saw. Uh I knew right away upon meeting the parents that it wasn't gonna be Ava's real family. Um, I didn't actually expect Colin Marlowe to be ducking out so quick. Um, And I really, like I said, I enjoyed the interactions between uh, Weber and Mark. And I liked Addison's touch on the episode. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, the George Izzy storyline right now. I know that they had sex and I know that's what I called and I, what I, what I wanted, but all of the post, the post sex piece it's weird writing and I don't know why I just don't, I don't believe because they have no chemistry. They have. Okay. They you know what? Have they have, no they have chemistry. I, if they didn't have chemistry, I wouldn't have called this three seasons ago. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They have no chemistry. All right. What the fuck did you rate this episode? I'm going to say I give it a fellow. It's a good four for me because yeah, I really hate the George and Izzy storyline. However, um, they're doing a really good job. And like, again, Catherine Heigl, I think just like really does an incredible job in this episode. They also, I love her, um, like Bailey and her in this episode together and like Bailey being there for her in, in like a very specific way. And, um, (laughs) I love Christina and I love her shenanigans and, um, yeah, I like, you know, it's intriguing to me following the Derek chief storyline. Like he's stupid, but it's a good, I mean, I think it matters to address, like I came here for this job. Like, yes, things, other things have come of this, of me moving here, but like, this was my goal. And I like the scene of with him and Richard and I like the resolution with Meredith and Susan and maybe, you know, like moving forward, what that could mean for Meredith and Thatcher. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a four really a lot of it is just because like the acting in this episode was really good. 
Yeah, it was good acting. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, I will say to the to the the point with um the Derek and and Weber situation too. If Derek is as good as he says, he probably had multiple hospitals he could have gone to. Yeah, he just wanted to go like basically as far away from Addison as he could, and so he went to the other corner of the country. Yeah, because he had a, a connection there. Um, and he said he wanted to start over, and he did successfully start over, and then he was done and he like, didn't, didn't and ruined it all what his life was doing and then yeah he went back and then he kind of got it maybe back together i don't know it's been a wild less than a year that's for sure yeah i feel good with that i feel good i feel good ending with that and uh i'm glad we were able to get through that and actually wow i was really expecting this to be a six hour episode at the rate we were going in the beginning there. <laughs> yeah we were sorry guys we kind of were all over the place today it's a full moon it's not our fault um the moon affects the tides of the ocean and our attention spans. So, uh, uh, do you have predictions for, let's see, you said Christina and Burke are going to break up. You said Callie and George are going to break up. Do you have anything to add on to that one? Callie's going to find out about Izzy and George, but not from George. Okay. Either How? Izzy's going to say something or like Callie will overhear someone else from the group finding out because to this point, Meredith, Alex and Christina know nothing about this sex. Yes. The only person that is he told was Addison, right? Yes. So yeah, Callie's going to find out. I just don't know like what's going to happen specifically, but I've got a feeling that it's going to be around, uh, everyone else finding out for the first time and maybe they'll be talking about it in the hall and she'll overhear it and then she'll confront George, but George is not going to be the one who tells her. Okay. And, um, then what about Ava, Ava Jane Doe? I think we've got a solid two more episodes with her not having a family. Okay. Um, anything with Addison or Mark or anybody? No, no, okay. they're, he's, he's still doing good with his no sex thing. They're going to keep going. Okay, sounds good. I don't think I had any other questions on this one. So uh, do you have anything about like Thatcher or Susan Meredith? Uh, no, but I do, I do think that Thatcher eventually is going to become more of a big point in, in Meredith's life because of Susan, which I respect. Yes, I hope so. Um, okay. So cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to share us and tell your friends and your families and strangers on the street. Um, we really appreciate it when new people find us. If you are new, hello. Um, if you are old, hello, we love you. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and yeah, just, uh, just stick around. You can find our Patreon in our Instagram bio and in the episode description of this episode. And um, if you see Carmen walking down the street. Don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me right now until this. Don't even look at his face. Don't even look at my face. Or if you look at my face, I'll know that you listen to this podcast. Uh, but don't don't talk to me right now until this George and Izzy situation is all done and over with. Don't Don't talk to me. But more importantly, if you if you can't resist and you need to talk to me, which 
Okay, I'll forgive you. Uh, I won't forgive you for spoilies. Don't fucking spoil the show. Damn it. No spoilies. Uh, And we will see you all. (laughs) We'll see you all in the next one.